0: Welcome to the Cards Cast, your weekly podcast from Cardinal Authority. I'm senior writer Michael McCammon, joined by publisher Jody Demley. We're gonna try to get to a lot of things in the next few minutes here on this card cast, and it seems like we're we're packed full of information each week, as as it should be. Cardinal football team, you know, they're they're reeling on a two-game losing streak against what could be the two toughest games they're going to face this year. We'll get into some of that. We've got some Cardinal men's basketball coming up. Want to talk some baseball. I actually got a little peek into Car- uh, Jim Patterson stadium from, a, from one of the overpasses the other day. Saw them in there working out. It was great to see the baseball team working out in there. So we're going to touch on some baseball as well, but Jody, let's, let's do, let's start with the, with the football team. Obviously at this point, three games in one and two uh, Miami, a difficult loss Pittsburgh last, last Saturday afternoon, difficult loss. So here they are one and two and, and now it seems like the next game. Obviously, they're off this weekend, but that next game at Georgia Tech is kind of almost in that uh, must-win situation.
1: Yeah, and and look, I, and there's no sugarcoating about it. I mean, it's it's it. Uh, I I think there was a post on the board at some point, and I do think that maybe um, I I don't know. As I think back, and you and I talked about this on the podcast last week, Michael. Um, when you look back at how much improvement. They had last year win total wise. I think we probably did set ourselves up a little too much this year. um and, and then and I just look back here a little while ago, um, when the day the schedule was announced <clears throat> was reannounced, you know, they announced a the schedule, we had a schedule, then they went back and reannounced that schedule. that day that that schedule was reannounced. You and I had um a conversation, and we did a podcast, and we said, that Louis, that Louisville could very easily be one and two going into Georgia Tech. And and the, the two of the toughest, three toughest teams on the schedule were Miami and Pittsburgh. And honestly, I think it's a little bit of give or take of both. I think we probably we did maybe expect a little t- too much out of this team at this point. Um, we're still less than two years removed from Louisville having the worst defense in the history of college football. And, and yeah, history of college football, not, not just that season. Um, and we're, and there's a lot of walk-ons and a lot of newcomers and a lot of things that uh, uh, that you have to expect to go perfect for them uh, to do some things. And yet, Michael, we say that in their 1-2-2 Atwell uh, fingertip catch, 1-2-2 uh, Atwell juggle it, jump into the stands and almost break your leg catch. And one Des Fitzpat- or, or one Des Fitzpatrick just off the top tip of his fingertips catch from from winning that game at Pittsburgh and being two and one and having a totally different feel with the way that Miami beat up on Florida State so it's a little give or take with both you know
0: it is you know and I agree with you yeah you know, obviously last year probably built us up a little bit more and and I think another thing to consider looking back on when that uh, that reschedule uh, came out you, you have to wonder um, especially with the Miami game and the Pittsburgh game so early in the season. Remember, those were two teams that were not initially on the schedule. So for much of the offseason, those weren't really teams that Scott Saturn his staff were, were digging into and watching film on and stuff. So there may be a little bit of that as well. But, yeah, I think we probably, probably put a little bit too much stock that, OK, this is the second year of a defensive coordinator. I mean, that's something Louisville hasn't experienced in what feels like ages. Um, so there, you would expect you know, a nice little bump there. Um, and then having a, so many of those guys back offensively, you know, the same thing goes for there. Um, you know, as you know, after watching the Miami Florida state game, um, you know, I, like most, I probably think Miami is continuing to be you know, a team that is on the path back uh, to, you know, what Miami expects. I don't think they're at Miami expectation national level yet, but they certainly seem like they're trending in that direction. And, and just like last year, you know, I think Pittsburgh is going to have one of the best defenses in the country. They've shown that, uh, so far through three games, you could just toss out their opener against Austin P um, you know, but you know, they held Syracuse who's not a world beater to just 10 points and, you know, and then they held Louisville who had been averaging 500 yards a game through their first two, including against a very good Miami defense um, you, know, you know, to, to less than, you know, half that uh, last Saturday. So, you know, I think there's a little bit of a mix of both. Um, you know, it's like maybe we put a little bit too much stock into it. And then on the flip side, are we now putting a little bit too much into these losses and not, Given the opponents enough credit. It's a weird position to be kind of after three games. I think this, obviously this bye week um, they're so banged up, obviously with Malik Cunningham at the top headline there. It's uh, getting in some extra rest there and, and kind of digging into themselves, see what they need to fix before they do go into Atlanta uh, to face Georgia Tech, the, you know, what, Friday, October 9th.
1: Yeah, I mean, look, you know, when you look at the schedule, um, it, it's it, it, it was, it was front-loaded. I mean, it, it, it truly is front loaded. And I say that knowing that, uh, Georgia tech Louisville should beat Georgia tech's not one of the best teams on the schedule. Um, and, but Notre Dame will be the best team on the schedule or potentially the best team on the schedule. I'm still not going to give in, um, to my thought that, uh, I'm not saying that Miami is the best team on the schedule, but I do think Miami is a, is a top 10. I think Miami is a top 10 team. Um, right now. Now, will they end up being that because that that's that style and that swagger that it can come and go and, you know, you can have a great week one week and then, you know, somebody, you know, somebody get down on themselves. And, you know, it's just it's just that it's just the way it is. It's always been that way, um, you know, with Miami. So I think I do think Louisville has gotten two of the three toughest games on its schedule out of the way. And um, and Michael I don't think people realize. Yeah, I I just don't think people realize that that pit defense is really, really good. Um, And I think that Louisville's defense made while they still had some bonehead plays. You got to tackle a guy and get him in the ground when you you know, no matter if you think he's down there or not. I mean, there's you know, don't don't go after the whistle, but there was no whistle, you know, and um, they made some bonehead plays. But I think they did get better.
0: They did, you know. It, it had a horrible start, you know, on both sides of the ball at Pitt. Uh, but the defense, to its credit, did get better as the day went on. Had a, you know, pretty much a phenomenal, you know, second half. You know, compared to comparing them to themselves, uh, you really can't, you know, say anything poor really about the defense in their second half effort. Um, certainly, still a lot of progress to be made. Uh, you know, but certainly a step in the right direction. And again, the pit offense isn't. Dear King and the Miami offense as well, uh, but it was certainly a stride forward. And I agree with you. Obviously, you know you need to win at Georgia Tech at Notre Dame. Uh, certainly going to be a tough out. And then you got Virginia Tech, you know, coming up a week, couple weeks after that on Halloween, also going to be a tough out. You know, th- those are basically Notre Dame, Virginia Tech are the only two losses that ESPN's FPI uh, currently projects for the Cardinals. You know, so it should be a nice bounce back through the rest of the season i think louisville does have a chance to be competitive against notre dame they have obviously a very good chance of being competitive and potentially beating uh, virginia tech i mean those are you know both games i mean well all of you know even the miami and the the pittsburgh game were where games louisville could have won i mean right. you, you right. some things on either side of the ball and they could have won so um it, it's again it, it's one of those where you know this team could have you know won eight or nine games or they could lose or they could win six or seven games. I mean, it's it's uh, one of those airline seasons, and you know, and they need to learn from these last two outings for sure, um, and, and try to rate, uh, you know, rectify some of those defensive errors. And really, to, to steal a word from Mikhail Malik Cunningham, some bonehead mistakes uh, defensively, you know, as well as offensively, and just kind of you know wrap you know kind of shore things up a
1: little bit. Yeah and and by the way we had ranked Notre Dame as the toughest on the new schedule. We had ranked Pitt second, Miami third, Virginia Tech fourth. It looks like the top 4 uh, are going to be pretty correct. Now we had Florida State fifth and at this point it doesn't look like they're going to be the fifth toughest on the schedule, but uh, awesome. uh we'll have to wait we'll have to wait and see. I do think I do think Virginia Virginia is is sneaky good uh and just good enough to uh, to stay in games they're not they're not great, but just good enough to stay uh in games all right with Louisville um going into the bye week, it'll be interesting to see what they do i I don't know Scott Satterfield didn't kind of say it it sounds like it sounds like he's gonna do what they did last year um as far as the bye week is concerned, and that is practice, give them a few days off, you know give give you know go through. Uh, A practice a couple times early in the week and then give them a few days off in the middle towards the end of the week and then come back on uh, come back on Sunday. So if I'm not mistaken, what they did last year was take they took Thursday, uh, Thursday, Friday and Saturday uh, as as basically kind of off days. Um, You know, I think they had to have an off day uh, today, so I would imagine they would practice Tuesday and Wednesday. Uh, maybe something short Thursday, take Friday and Saturday off. I, I, I it, It's just one of those things that they got to get some guys healthy. And, 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 you know, Hassan Hall had a little bit of a hit pointer uh, from that uh, Miami game. He looked, he looked good the other night, but I don't know that he looked like himself. Um, he didn't miss any practice throughout the week. Uh, just, I think he was, you know, I think he was hampered a little bit in there. Um, you know, Hawkins has just been hit a lot in the last couple weeks. It was very physical in both those games. Um, they need a little time and, but, but I think, uh, you know, I think McKay, I, mean, I think Malik will be fine. Um, I think, um, I think he'll be back in time for the Georgia tech game from what I understand. And we won't get an update, uh, probably, uh, Tuesday night on coach Satterfield's radio show. I would imagine, um, that, cause he is going to do a radio show, uh, this week. He, I think he, um, uh, I think it was more of a stinger from what I understand, um, you know, like I said, on the board, he was on the plane with us and, uh, you know, had his head down. And then when he got on there and, uh, and it was dark and everything like that. So obviously a pretty bad headache, but, uh, uh, I think he'll be fine moving forward. And I think that's, you know, he had a bad game. I mean, while he didn't, I, Scott Sauerfeld said average for Miami. I thought he was better than average for Miami. Uh, I thought he was below average in this game.
0: Yeah, and that's one of the things that I'm curious. Obviously, you want him to to, to recoup physically, and and it sounds like he's going to to take you know the, the necessary precautions to do so. I imagine they'll work him back in, think think slowly, and and continue to check on him. But uh, it does sound like he'll be okay. But you know, and I pointed this out on on the insiders form at Cardinal Authority. I'm also interested to see how he bounce, bounces back mentally, because as you mentioned, you know it could be. You know, you know, he you could tell he thought he had a pretty decent game against Miami, but he did say he had some boneheaded plays and, you know, in some plays that, that caused Louisville, you know, a better chance of even winning that game against Miami and then certainly had his struggles against Pitt, which, you know, wasn't all his fault. I mean, uh, you know, again, credit the, the Pittsburgh defense. I mean, they made that offensive line of Louisville's at times, you know, look like a hot, hot, hot knife going through soft butter. I mean, it was, you know, he was under constant pressure, but got sacked five times, a couple more quarterback hurries I mean they were just in his face you know basically from from kick you know so it's gonna be interesting to see how he does recover mentally you know he seems like a guy that uh, you know not to to steal a line from coaches but you know from Dan McDonald he doesn't get too high doesn't get too low you know and that's kind of the approach he needs to take going in to the off week and then obviously once they start really focusing on Georgia Tech uh, because you need him to be fresh you know both physically and mentally going into that game you want him to come out and be able to have One of the games that so many people are expecting, I mean, this is a kid that got hyped up pretty big coming into the preseason. I think Georgia Tech could be an opponent that does allow him, if he is physically ready, you know, to come out and kind of sling it around, you know, run a little bit, have a really big game, throw up some, you know, some crazy numbers and and get that confidence rolling to where a lot of people maybe start achieving what a lot of people were expecting preseason from him.
1: Yeah, I think that's one thing when you start off with two really good defenses, Uh, you know, the first three weeks you play, you know, two, you know, obviously three of the best. I mean, defensively, Western will be in the top half of what they play this year. So when you play three of the, the most difficult defenses you are going to face in the first three weeks of the season, even though they played well against Miami and they put up a lot of big numbers and that kind of thing. Um, it, it, it's more the confidence that anything is what is what you need. That Georgia Tech game, by the way, is seven o'clock. It is a Friday night coming up. Uh, the next uh, the next time the Cards will play uh, in action, and it'll be interesting to see uh, how things move forward. Here, here's an interesting nugget that I, I'm glad I'm glad now after the losing and after Cunningham going down, I'm glad this didn't work out. But I was talking to somebody uh, that knows about all things ACC. Um, and somebody that, uh, that, that does a lot of things with ACC football and you know, they're, they've been, everybody has to have their head on the swivel. Okay. This is, this is a perfect example of that. And last week with the whole, Wake Forest and North Carolina and teams moving around and games moving around and, and you know just different Notre, uh, Notre Dame game being postponed with Wake Forest and uh you know North Carolina missed out on a game I guess was with, with Campbell or some I, I I don't remember who it was with a non conference opponent um there was some talk that sure. that Wake Forest and Louisville would play this week and uh, and and fortunately it didn't work out <laughs> because because it would have been tough to not have this bye week or this open week at this point. Um, yeah. But there, but there was some talk about Louisville and wake forest playing this week and it would have helped alleviate wake forest could then move uh, a game to to December 5th. That's what they, they were trying to move that Notre Dame game to later in the year. And I think Notre Dame is off that week or something, you know, it's, they could move some things around uh, but it didn't work out. But that just goes to show you um, a, we're lucky right now to be playing football. Uh, B, you never know when something's going to change. So, so, you know, you got to react and you got to be ready and, and see, um, it, things can work out for the good or they can work out for the bad. And if it would have worked out that way, I think it would have been for the bad for Louisville, but, uh, uh, but it didn't, um, that wake forest game is still December 5th. Louisville still has an open week this week and, uh, they'll use it to get healed up and, uh, and move forward. Michael, no, there no, will on
0: I that don't... note. Quick on that note, real quick, um, you know, how, how much of a unique year, uh, 2020 is, you mentioned North Carolina, they had to cancel that game, uh, against Charlotte because of, of COVID, uh, situations. They just added a team to their schedule. I mean, how how often, when was the last time you saw a team add somebody new to the schedule once the season has already started. So North Carolina actually replaced that game, adding Western Carolina, I think, uh, I think a Friday, December 11th at Chapel Hill, you know, right before the end of the season. So they've picked up, you know, they've been able to add a, a, a new non-conference opponent to replace the one they lost. So it's certainly, you know, 2020 is just weird.
1: It's if you it. lose a game, if you lose a game, you're going to see, you're going to be able to, to get it replaced. I mean, that's just the way it is. I mean, oh. teams are always looking. Teams are always looking for things. So, all right. Um, football recruiting wise, there's not a ton Uh, out there. It'll be, it's, it's kind of weird to me that this is a bye week and open week and the staff isn't going to be on the road because it's a dead period. Normally this is when they get out on the road and get out and to evaluate. Um, look, everybody, every school is like this. I've talked to different people all over the country. Everybody's like this. Um, it stinks, but everybody's behind on 2022. And, and, and I say that because, um, I've watched some kids. I've watched some 2022 kids, okay uh, on tape. And it might have been a kid that I watched when they were a sophomore, you know, being meaning last season, and I really, really liked them. But when I watched them from their first game or two games or three games because some of them have been five and six games this year already. when I watched their tapes this year, I don't like him as much. Um, I see a lot of, and this is no disrespect to any kid out there. It's just the way 2020 is. But I see a lot of slow. I see a lot of out of shape. And I see a lot of mistakes. Um, And it's going to be very, very hard for college football teams. Basketball's different. It's going to be very hard for college football teams to uh, evaluate and recruit the class of 2022 Uh, because if you go off that sophomore tape, they might look like a stud, but then you throw in that junior tape and you're like, Whoa, hold on a second. This isn't the same kid on some of them. I mean, I've had a couple kids that I literally thought this kid is not the same kid and it is the same kid. He's just gained, you know, 30 pounds or he's gotten, you know, uh, bigger and, and not as strong. Um, it's just, it's, it's, it's COVID it's, it's quarantine. It's, not being able to work out it's not being able to do things it's a combination of all and it's not practicing like a lot of these high school uh teams um are not getting a lot of practice in and it's going to be very very difficult so this is a key week for the staff because from what i understand they will go through and watch a lot of the tape from this year and compare and contrast. So you might see some offers this week or next week uh, more so than maybe what we've seen recently in the 2022. Um, I think the 2022 class is going to be one uh, that is going to be a late, late class. I don't, I don't think nationally you'll see a ton of guys uh, pop until uh, until later, uh, and that's just because it's hard to evaluate.
0: It is, you know. And on that same note, you know, you can almost go vice versa. You're going to have some unknowns. Who have grown a lot, you know, during that stretch, and, and and now we're becoming, you know, more, you know, players that coaches would typically be uncovering, but may not be able to find them as easily because of all the reasons that you listed. So, yeah, I mean, it's it is, it's it's just bizarre uh, the way things are, you know. It also can bring into the to the factors, and and you don't want to hold it against a kid, you know, if he's out of shape or those kind of things, but it also does kind of allow coaches to potentially get a little bit more insight into their psyche by seeing okay how did these kids manage their shutdown how did they manage their quarantine not being able to work out what were they doing on their own and, and kind of get a, an idea about their in, you know their internal drive if you will uh, so yeah it's it totally at this point you know, unable to make get on the road does change the whole you know approach to how do you recruit this you know this next class so yeah um, look yeah. you know look forward to seeing how they move forward really
1: yeah, and I do think, as I put on the board, I do think that you this, one of the last two spots with this 2021 class is definitely going to be an offensive lineman. Armand Bethea is a, is a guy they've been really active with, and I know that they really really like. But there will be some other guys that pop up, and you know that other that other that other one will be something. You know, I, I, I'm not sure I'm not sure what it will be. It'll be something. Uh, could be a defensive lineman. Could be a big guy up front. That would be the perfect scenario. Yes. Uh, you know, could be just the best of a a linebacker kind of thing. It'll be just interesting to see where, um, you know, guys start to pop up here, uh, as the season unfolds, I say, Hey, I I say, as the season unfolds, but then I look and I'm like, Holy cow. Uh, I think Cincinnati or Ohio schools, I think they've got just one more week left of the regular season (laughs) and and it's over already for them. So, uh, just going to be interesting to see how it's uh, it does unfold. All right. Basketball wise. Men's basketball, we'll talk a little women's basketball and a little baseball here in just a couple minutes, uh, but men's basketball-wise, not a ton to report. They do have, uh, they continue their workouts, they continue, the staff has gotten them uh, for a little longer here uh, last week than, uh, than what they have. Um, they, they continue to, uh, to improve and, and get better, and, and I continue to hear nothing uh, but good things about Carleek Jones. Um, I think Carleek Jones is probably gonna be the guy that everybody, when they see this Louisville basketball team, goes, "Wow, okay, now this kid, uh, yeah, this kid really is good." So uh, uh, I, I think he's legit. I think he's going to be an interesting. Uh, um, he's he's better than what we all thought he would be, and uh, and, and he's a guy that's going to be uh, a leader for this team.
0: So are we worried that we might be overhyping him?
1: No, because I've seen, I think you've seen it. I mean, I mean, I think he did it, you know what I mean? He did it just on a different level, uh, you know, at Radford, but he's actually been through this and done this. So, uh, I don't think there's, um, I don't don't think there's any overhyping when a guy, you know, has been dominant. I just think it's a matter of how is he going to translate, um, his game to this team and this squad. And from everything that, that we've heard so far, not that anybody's seen, but from everything we've heard so far, um, you know, he's become a true leader of this team. And I think that's uh, that's a big thing.
0: Yeah. you know, And I think when you look at this next uh, basketball team, this is a Louisville squad, that especially, you know, the further you get away from the, the city of Louisville, the bigger of a question mark it is, uh, you know, as these, you know, these preseason rankings. Come out, I think you're going to see Louisville kind of all over the place as people try to kind of best guesstimate okay, is Sam Williamson going to take that next step? You know, what's next for David Johnson? You know, that that Chris Mack will hopefully have him for an entire year instead of the early season injury. You know, what will Jalen Withers be like after redshirting? You know, you mentioned Carly Jones and Charles. You know, how are all the, you know, how are they all going to mesh and what's it going to look like? So it's really a team that I think comes in with a lot of unknowns. Um, a lot of, especially again, like I said, once you want to get to look at the national pundits, you know, what do you expect from this Chris Mack team? I mean, is this one that can compete for the ACC or are they going to take a slide back into the middle of the pack? I think a lot of people probably are expecting a little bit of a slide, but at the same time, if all these guys do produce, you know, make those, those steps from that freshman to sophomore year, and Carl is as advertised. Um, you know, this is a team that, you know, could surprise some people as well. So, you know, it, it, a lot of question marks is what I'm, is what I'm trying to say.
1: Yeah, no doubt about it. It's uh, it'll be a very interesting uh, season. And an interesting, it's been, it's been a crazy off season. The last time we saw them, they were prepared to make a deep run into the, uh, into the ACC tournament. And I really think they would have uh, made a deep run into the tournament. And uh, unfortunately uh, it got derailed and uh, we've yet to see them and we won't see them for a while. And, uh, who knows when we're going to know uh, what the schedule is going to be and everything else? I, I've been told. I, I would imagine sometime next week we will know what the uh, the S the ACC is going to do. The league is going to do <coughs> is going to do um, as far as you know when they start and times and all that kind of stuff. So once they get that, I think then everything else will kind of fall into place. I do expect them. You know, unless something changes drastically to do this uh, um, kind of uh, uh, bubble kind of thing, um, it'll be interesting to see um, what teams show up and, and actually do play. Um, but but you know, I mean, I've heard there's been a, there's been a ton of interest. It's just a matter of of working out the logistics and everything. Um, I know Western Kentucky is, from what I was told, Western Kentucky is planning on it. I've also heard that Bellerman was uh, was one of the teams that uh, uh, was planning on it. So that would be uh, Uh, you know with Louisville throw it in there that's that's three schools then you you know you've got other schools like uh, like we mentioned you know Miami of Ohio Ohio University you know Eastern Kentucky Cincinnati you know schools that in the area that that have that chance and have that opportunity I think they would try to to maybe do one as well Uh, you know try to come and do things as well Um, it'll be interesting to see because I mean I've read now where I think Duke might had been talking about trying this. I know Kentucky had been talking about trying this. Um, so it will be interesting to see how it all works out. Um, the Gold House is the perfect place. Um, if you didn't know, and I was kind of—I guess—I guess I've just never done it. But you can walk from the Gold House—you um, can walk from the Gold House to the Yum Center without walking outside. I, I was yeah. told. So I, I guess I've just never done that. Um, um, I have to go do it one time just just to say I did it. But uh, uh, but yeah, they—you know—the teams would stay at the Gold House they would have basically their own floor and be kind of quarantined onto that floor or, or whatever you want to call it. Um, so it'd be very interesting to see um, how it all worked out. I, I'm, I'm kind of excited for it if, if it happens.
0: Yeah, I am too. You know, I think right now we're kind of in that stage where, as you mentioned, there's other schools think about doing similar things. And, you know, so it's, you know, I imagine there's a lot of schools, you know, looking at different opportunities and try to figure out what's best for their program as far as cost and competition, you know, wins, losses, those type of things. So, uh, you know, all that stuff's going to start, you know, I guess, filter itself out and things will become more solid, you know, hopefully in the next week or so, we'll get a better idea. Uh, But, uh, you know, I'm looking forward to it. I think it'd be a great event to have at the Yum Center, great facility for it, obviously. And, you know, I'm just, you know, excited, like, just like we were with football, excited that that basketball, you know, is actually going to be right around the corner before we know it.
1: Yeah, no no doubt about it and I'm uh, I'm I'm pumped up for that and uh, very excited to get going um with some basketball stuff and and to, and to get the season here uh for men and for the women on the women's side of things. Wow, I think it's um uh, it, it's it's going to be um I'm not going to say it's his best team but uh I'm going to say I'm gonna, I'm going to say it now and uh, and you might laugh now but when you watch and and you get to see you'll understand this I think this will be the deepest team they've had um now a lot of the depth and the talent is is in the backcourt and if the if some you know if a couple of these post players can improve and really come along look out this is uh this is a fantastic fantastic team of a lot of talent and I mean to tell you they have got a chance to be something very special. They're really, really talented.
0: Yeah, obviously, Jeff Walls, you know, loaded once again. And, and it's his. And when we say loaded with, with Louisville and Jeff Walls, it seems to get a little more another step forward with each passing year. And I mean, and the, and like you said, this team, you know, especially if these youngsters, you know, develop quickly, which I suspect they probably will. Uh, this is a chance to be a really special team. Another special team for Jeff Walls and his staff. You know, one thing that I guess probably isn't getting too much discussion, Jen, maybe you can share some insight on this or maybe not yet, but uh, is, is the scheduling side for women's basketball and how all that's going to be uh, handled. Obviously, once the ACC makes their announcement, you know, there's going to be something similar between men's and women's. But as far as the non conference goes, um, any word there on anything that you're hearing?
1: No, it'll be kind of interesting to see. I mean, I had asked somebody, and I just don't think you can do. You know, testing wise and money wise with, uh, uh, you know, not without knowing what fans are going to be. It, 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 I, I don't know. I mean, it's going to be interesting yeah. to see how things work out. Um, you know, Louisville was scheduled to play. Mo- I'm trying to think they ha- they were scheduled to play in an event. Was it in Connecticut, maybe, or somewhere? It, it was somewhere that was not here. I wanted to say the Mohegan Sun one of these years, but they had an event uh, already scheduled that, uh that was basically going to get canceled anyway, or we thought was going to get canceled anyway because of the pandemic earlier in the year. Um, so I, I think it's just a matter of try to get as many games as you can possibly get in, and as long as you get in the amount, you know, they get you in the NCAA tournament. That's all that matters. And I think that's for both the men and the women. I think you just schedule games and then try to play them as much as you possibly can. But I'll be intrigued to see what happens if Louisville does this bubble thing or the uh, uh, controlled environment from November 25th to December 5th. For the men, what does that mean for the U of L women, and what does that mean for the Yum Center? Because that puts the Yum Center out of pocket, basically. You would think for that amount of time, you know, to play the men's games, what does that do for the women's thing games? And and how do they work this thing out for fans? And the in 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 do we not ever see another double header? You know, I mean, remember those double header days? Um, you know, those the, the 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 noon and the six o'clock Sunday last year, or the one o'clock and the six o'clock Sunday last year. I'm thinking we probably won't see that, you know, this year for sure, um, because they've got to do so much cleaning of the facility uh, in between games, especially if there are fans uh, in in attendance.
0: Yeah, you know, and same thing with the bubble. I'm curious to see how that would work because, you know, you're going to have multiple games a day, um, you know, so how how all that, you know, the cleaning and facility for fans you know it's gonna be curious to see how it's due how well they work that's out. why
1: and that's why I think the teams you know they're talking November 25th to the December 5th which is a pretty long you know a long um time and you're talking about you know spacing the games out so far so I would imagine um you know and if everybody's there it doesn't matter on time it doesn't matter you know and 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 I, quite honestly I I mean I have to think they're thinking, OK, very few fans, if any at all, for this whole for this whole thing, since they're calling it a controlled environment, because you're not yeah. going to really control the environment if you're going to let, you know, 10,000 fans in. Um. So, I, I, yeah, it's it's that's what I meant about logistics. There's so many logistics to work out and how things are going to work out. But uh, uh, it'll be interesting to see uh, how it is. But, yeah, if you're bringing someone now, if you're bringing a team in uh, from the Gold House and you're walking them down the hallway and you're keeping them in a controlled environment. Are you going to want to even have fans in there, uh, you know, to watch? Because then you take them out of that controlled environment. So, um, I, again, I don't know. Too many things. Uh, too many things to watch. I'm still trying to figure out the baseball playoff with 16 teams and how that damn <laughs> thing, thing works out. I'm like, I can't figure that out at all. Like, holy cow! So, uh, let me get through that, and then we'll then we'll try to figure sure. out the controlled the controlled environment. Speaking of baseball, I do want to turn the attention there for a few minutes because the Louisville baseball team now has been going through uh, their workouts for a few weeks um, uh, over the weekend. From what I understand, I don't know. I talked to Coach Mack uh, prior to that. Um, they just finished their third weekend of scrimmages uh, yesterday. And from what I understand, um, there were some pro scouts there because the pro scouts were dying to get out there and figure out what, you know, some things with this Louisville team uh, and, and all the talent that they do have uh, on on this squad. If I had to say, I'll, I'll, this is what I what I've heard after what I've heard after three weeks of scrimmaging. If I had to say right now, and we mentioned it a little bit last week, I would say Luke Smith is the Friday night guy, Glenn Albanese is the Saturday night guy, and Jack Perkins is the Sunday guy. Okay, but just hold it there. There might the the weekend rotation this year. Could end up being four because I've heard that the ACC could be thinking about four game weekends uh, for baseball because there's going to be a lot of teams either not playing or not being able to travel. And how do you do the testing and all that kind of stuff? So they might do a four game weekend and basically cut out a lot of the non-conference games for for a season. Um that's just one of many plans there are um but again back to my three game um uh guys of of Smith Albanese and uh and Perkins if you take those three guys and you put them in the weekend there's still a ton of talent left in the bullpen yeah. uh and it would be intriguing to see who would start either that other fourth game or or midweek games even you know who who could they put in there cuz they've got a lot of those uh, you know those JUCO guys uh, that they that they could get out there and do that. It's it's a battle. I mean, literally a battle out there all the time right now in the in the scrimmages. Yeah,
0: you know, and you love hearing the great stuff. We we talked about this a little bit on the last podcast, uh, but you love hearing you know, the great feedback regarding the pitching staff and and how it's progressing. I mean, we we've gotten some hints from the, from the baseball staff on how things look, and and you, and you love to hear that because you know, quite honestly. Um, after years of, of basically the, the guys on the mound getting all the headlines, this is a team really with their bats have an opportunity to be one of the most you know, offensive productive squads from, from, from point A you know, to one to all the way through nine in that batting order uh, that, that can really produce. Um, you know, so it's got the opportunity to be a really scary lineup. Again, also very competitive with guys you know, on the bench pushing those guys in front of them that we star – saw for, for part of the early stages of last season before it got canceled. So, you know, Jody, I'm fired up for, for the next baseball season. I really missed going to Omaha. I was expected, you know, totally already had reservations to, to go to Omaha last year. So, um, you know, I'm fully expecting to do the same thing this year. Uh, but really looking forward it's, you know, and that'll be here before, you know, it. I mean, they will get going you know, in mid February, so don't blink and it's all going to be going, but, uh, you know, really excited to see Dan McDonald's next squad have, have really not liked being able to go out there uh because of the you know the whole shutdown during the ban- pandemic and and they're creating their own controlled environment at Patterson Stadium during fall camp. But.
1: You can go out like some of the parents cuz I've heard some of the parents are uh, on uh uh stools and and leaning over the fence and all kinds of things as they uh uh try to watch, you know, those baseball parents really they they, they get into it and they've uh, yep. invested a lot in their sons and so uh they're out there uh, trying to watch and trying to get in I, a little bird told me that they, uh, they might, they're, they're trying to, they're trying to work something out for the pizza bowl, but they're still unsure if they're going to be able to let anybody in at all. It'll be interesting. Hopefully that they, uh, they get to let somebody in cause I want to at least get out and see him a little bit, but, uh, uh, yeah. yeah, excited. And if I, I've also heard that Lucas Dunn has continued his, uh, his ways of what he did in that, uh, Florida summer league where he tore things up. And I've heard Luke Brown has just been an absolute stud. Um, I, a matter of fact, Dan McDonald on the radio with me mentioned that that Luke Brown could end up being a top 10 pick in next year's draft the way that he is going right now. And that I was when he said that, I was like, whoa, that wasn't the guy that I would have expected you to yeah. think that about. But uh, uh, but it's nice. It's nice to hear. And it's nice to uh, to know that there is uh, there's uh, uh, talent out there and and there is a ton of it. So uh, I'm excited, Michael. And uh, I'm also excited to uh uh, to get on with this uh, this open week in football and get it past us and uh, get back to some action next week, get a victory. Um, we'll be back with you next week. I don't anticipate any commitment episodes this week, but uh, hey, you never know. I mean, the, and you never know the way things change uh, in the recruiting world. And if there is, we'll have a special episode for you. Uh, we will be back next Monday with our uh, regular edition of the Cards Cast. And then on the next Friday, our game day edition of the Cards Cast as well. For Michael McCammon, I'm Jody Dimling. This has been a our weekly Cards Cast, the Cardinal Authority Podcast.
0: Okay, picture this: it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it.